I thought you had your eye on my toe. But no, I wanted to speak to you. Do you know if there's any good spots to surf around here? I'm not a surfer. Just living in a little tent over there. Just hanging around. Yeah? Reading, swimming. You're not from here, huh? Where are you from? I'm from Czech Republic. Why are you in Scotland? I just wanted to get away from it all. Yeah, why here? Because it's... It's nowhere. To the Cinema Nine Podcast, Michael Govier, Travis Roy, Eric Branstrom. We're live for episode 126. It's called Under the Skin. And we'll focus in on that in about a half hour or so, like we always do. We'll dive deep into that movie all the way into Under the Skin. Cinema Nine Pod at gmail.com is how you can get a hold of us. If you want to email the show, and of course, five star ratings are welcome. YouTube subscriptions, thank you so much. Hit the like button if you're going to watch this video now or later. If you're, whenever you're seeing this, Travis, I don't think it really matters. Just maybe hit the like button. Be nice. Be we'd, we'd appreciate it. Subscribe. That'd be cool. Follow. Do whatever. You know, do the thing. Follow me. Everything is all right. Remember Whoa. Uncle Cracker? What the Whoa. hell was Uncle Cracker? <laughs> yeah. What, what the was hell that? Cracker is a real question. Why are you bringing this to the forefront hey, of that song. I should have mentioned that in our Pet Peas video we just did. I loathe Uncle yeah, Cracker, yeah. and I should have mentioned that. Uh, so, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> Awful. Eric, how you feeling? You okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if you know, but I got new ink. So like this is a big thing for me. Like a big forearm what? tattoo on me now. Yeah, I'm that guy now. It was like a two hour long bee sting. Like I forgot how much yep. pain uh that is. Two hour long wow. bee sting. That's exactly what it felt like. I just sit there and pretend like yep. it didn't hurt. Yeah. That's exciting. incredible. Yeah. Good Mikey, for you, man. Yeah, it's exciting. Mikey didn't ask how I'm doing, but I'm sick as a dog, dude. I got my I, uh, oh, shit. I got my uh, Moderna shot, and I don't know if it's like a week long of that or if I just happen to get sick at the same time, but I've been in hell. What's yeah, up, you Mike? sound like you're yeah. sick, so I, I just kind of took that in earlier on our previous video, which yeah, was... Uh, I just wanted to explain to the audience why I sound like Abe Vigoda just woke up. I don't feel great. I got yeah. stuff in my nose. <laughs> it's really uh, more in my left shut ear. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm from Look Who's Talking. Shut up. Michael, shut up. Was oh, he Look Who's act. Talking or Look Who's Talking too? I don't know what you're talking about, dude. It's, it's been Abe a Pagoda. minute. Oh, uh, Abe Pagoda no, was definitely no. in one of those. Yeah, because like, 
I'm, I'll be honest with you. That's not the performance that springs to mind. I'm a Joe versus the Volcano man. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, you want it's to funny. marry him? You want to marry her? Good. You're married. Yay. <laughs> wow. What's the name of the soda from that movie? Oh, shit. I should know That's that. Good question. You should know it's that. Not Orange yeah. Crush? No. Nope. It's something made up for the, for the, for the, the movie. Wawa, what are those people called? The Wawa Police? Oh, Wawa Wapen- oh shit! I guess I'm Wapenado. Yeah. movie. He's rusty. Doesn't he the volcano? Yeah, we are rusty. They love this soda. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're rusty. Maybe we need to bring it on the show. It was funny. It's like I can actually see that like colonization overtaking these people. They leave it out like the death and carnage and disease, but I could see like a remnant of them being there once upon a time, being a soda. That would yeah, make sure. sense. But like they left spam. out a few things: spam yeah. and Guam. You know. The the queen died recently. Apparently, the oh, queen yeah. of England. She yeah, she's yeah. perished, and uh, right. it's a national period of mourning here in Canada. So, yeah, we can't. We got the flags at half staff, and uh, we're very very mournful right now. Uh, the mm. movie though, the queen that was an excellent film, and I would recommend that if you've never saw that, just in the queen's honor. Helen Mirren with a fine Academy Award worthy performance as the queen. Did you guys ever see that one? No, no, I don't remember. <laughs> Michael Sheen plays Tony Blair, and yes, Helen Mirren is the queen. It's from 2006, so if you never saw it, check it out. It's actually, I'm not a fan of the queen or anything, and I don't loathe her either, but. <laughs> yeah, I'm like really in this big who gives a shit. Like, I'm like, uh, I don't hate her. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sad. I'm just American living my life. <laughs> I'm not arguing that with you. I used to be interested in like uh, royalty. Then, like, I looked it up because I was like, "What? What? What do they even do?" And I looked it up, and then that's when my interest completely waned. <laughs> oh well, don't forget that you can email the show, and our buddy Bernardo is here. Shout out to him. We sure. just flashed his comment up on the screen. He emailed us, so uh, I'd like to share his email right quick because it's fun. Email the show at cinnamonipod at gmail.com now we're like everybody else uh hey guys it's bernardo from the live stream earlier just wanted to say i really love your podcast it is very cool to hear what you have to say about the movies i first found out about you some days ago when i came across your episode on the girl next door parentheses (laughs) it's my favorite movie wow see wow that's fascinating favorite movie okay Wow. And I, th- yeah, wow. And I thought you made some really interesting points. I know you guys already have a movie for next week, but if you're taking suggestions for the future, I think Fight Club would be really interesting. Keep up the great work, and I'll be waiting for the next episode, Bernardo. Oh, thank you very much, Bernardo. You're a good man. Which brings us to our next point, which is that Bernardo inspired us to make our September 28th episode of here in 2022 to be a listener's choice episode. So you still have a week to send in your suggestions. We'll pick one at random live at the end of our next episode on the, what is that? The 21st, I guess. So shoot us an email, shoot us a text. If you know us, I guess a DM. Uh, We ask that you do one, you know, limit yourself to one suggestion. Everybody gets one shot at and we'll Uh, do it randomly. These people. No cheating, okay? And don't get caught up in your own egos. One <laughs> selection, please, okay? These and if you want to... These fans? These fans these, of ours? How dare you? <laughs> how dare how you? Dare how dare you? you? How dare you, sir? Look, uh, Derek Fern was cool enough to retract one of his choices, and that's what we respect, right? <laughs> get some pushback on that one, Mike? Or Not me. I, th- I mean, I would have done it, but I feel like there was some other people who maybe weren't interested in doing the Big Lebowski because it's... 
Um, I would be very happy to do the Big Lebowski, but there's no question in my mind whether or not it holds up. So yeah, that, I agree with that. Both those sentiments, I agree. Okay. Anyways, get those selections in, guys. You can hit us up any way possible: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, TikTok. I don't, you know, whatever, wherever you find us. YouTube. You can comment on this video here and drop them in, and we'll try to add them all together, and we'll get the final selection for for that show, the twenty eighth. All right, Travis, what have you been watching? The quarantine viewing pick section of the show has begun. Oh, yeah, that. Um, let's see. Sometimes oh. you want to watch something dumb. You want something that's about a six on the old IMDb because you just sure. kind of, you know, you don't want to be too into it. So I watched Uncharted from 2022, and it was <laughs> exactly as tepid as I was expecting. Um, I wouldn't, you know, it was fine to fold your laundry too, I guess. Um, <laughs> I kind of equally felt a lot of people really loved the new Ghost Ghostbusters Afterlife. I finally watched that and I hmm. just didn't care. It just felt very, I mean, maybe if I'd seen it on the big screen in the summer, like I was supposed to, maybe I would have mm -hmm. been more engaged. But like, man, I just felt like, okay, this is a, it's a rehash in Oklahoma. Um, <laughs> and there's kids instead of like grown adults. I don't yeah. know. It just didn't do it for me. Did you guys see that? I still haven't, haven't seen that. Still I still haven't, haven't seen it. it. I want to. It's yeah. on stars. I do want I to. Stars finally. It's just, I don't know, man. It just, uh, <laughs> I, it's got really good reviews. So maybe I just wasn't in the right mood for it. I'll give it another shot sometime mm. in my life. But it seemed like the best parts were saved for the after credit sequences. I'm like, okay, or the mid credit sequences. So wow. I'm like, all right. I don't know about that. Um, I uh, checked out Don't Breathe 2 from 2021. Uh, I really liked Don't Breathe. A lot of people were angry that the villain was turned into the protagonist in Don't Breathe yeah. 2. But, like, do you want Don't Breathe 2 to not star Stephen Lang as that character? Um, I thought it was really cool that he was the protagonist. In no way was he presented as a good guy or a cool guy. It wasn't like they twisted it and suddenly he was, like, someone that you liked. He was still, mm -hmm. like, a bad person. But he was just the protagonist. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it for a sequel for, for this kind of movie. I thought I, I thought it was much maligned. I thought it was to totally mm. worth checking out. Cool. Uh, <laughs> you know, you guys both, you especially, Mike, have um, recommended many times that I watched Captain Fantastic from 2016. So I finally mm. gave that a watch. Oh! What a Probably. fine film. Yeah. What a fine commentary on society and, Beautiful. and the way that um, monoculture and... Uh, group think majority whatever kind of just has a way of shoving itself into the lives of people that try to reject it um or at least carve their own path i really liked it it was it was really good i don't know why i found it in the comedy section of the of whatever i streamed it on at some point mm. when like he's like revealing to his kids that like the parent his mother their mother killed himself I'm like i don't think this is a comedy but uh, I, <laughs> I don't think so either. Who plays a? Is that Frank Langella in the old man role? Or oh no? yeah. Oh, classic yeah. old yeah. man Langella. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> disapproving <laughs> Langella. He's always showing up being yeah. disapproving. He's so good at it. <laughs> he is really good at disapproving. Yes, that's why he played yeah. a perfect Nixon. I think this is true. Um, a couple movies that I rewatched that I've seen before. I did my annual check in on the Monster Squad. Start getting into the spooky season. Never gets old. And I just keep watching this not-so-great Wendigo horror film from 2014 <laughs> called Dark Was the Night. I don't know why I'm so obsessed with this movie. Hey. I don't 
I don't I can't pretend like it's that great. It's really slow for the first hour, and then it's like a half hour of, of creature effects and like uh but for some reason there's something about it. Just, I mean, it's probably the fourth time I've watched it. I just keep watching this movie, Dark Was the Night. I guess because there's not maybe not a lot of Wendigo horror movies. I don't know. <laughs> I, I sure like it, despite its many flaws. Uh, but for me, the big one for this uh for this week would be uh, from Finland this year, there's a horror movie called Hatching that has been getting a lot of buzz in the in the horror community. And I gave it a watch and I thoroughly enjoyed Hatching. You know, I strongly I've said this on the show before. I'll say it again. I strongly believe that horror is the genre best suited um, for social commentary. And uh, this movie's a fantastic, fantastic uh, example of that just like just completely peeling back um influencer influencer culture and like the way that that can like permeate families and lives and like the the, the striving for perfection and how that can just like drive people to um insanity basically but in short the movie's about a girl who finds this egg that hatches this creature that is just like oh, you know she's got to like deal with this fucking weird bird thing I, I mean, and it goes hard because it's finished. Like they're not, they don't care about like your American, like, oh, you don't want to see vomit on screen. Here's a whole bunch of vomit on screen. Um, it's, it's hardcore, but it, I really liked hatching. Damn. This sounds awesome. I'm there. Where, where did you watch it? I want to say I watched it on Hulu, but I'm not positive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good. Okay. I liked it. That's it. Finished brethren representing horror. I love it. Yeah. Cheers to the finish. Dang. Um, Yay. Eric, what are you watching, bud? Oh, well, I, I knocked out Cobra Kai season five. Uh, fantastic. Killed it all in one night. Just bring it on. I want like 20 seasons. I can't get enough. So stupid, but so entertaining. Uh, you know what? I didn't mention this, so I might as well mention it now. But I finally started watching it. I watched the first season a couple weeks ago. And Fun. So I now I don't understand what the buzz is all about. I'm like, Cobra Kai, what's going on over there? People were talking about that. I mean, that was 2017, the first season came out, so mm -hmm. it's been out for a yeah. while now. We're on five seasons, and just what a, what a great idea, man. Well done. Yeah. You take something that is old property that's kind of laying there. It's like the Karate Kid. They made remakes. I don't think anybody give a fuck about his movies, really. Uh, maybe kids mm -hmm. did or something when Jaden Smith did it in 2010 and Jackie Chan, but... To take the old memories of the original Karate Kid and like have flashbacks from the old movies that are woven into the current yeah. show so effortlessly, like uh, William Zabka's, like he still mm -hmm. has something to offer, uh, mm -hmm. very, and so does Ralph Macchio. It's not like yeah. like Keanu Reeves in the last Matrix movie. Like I've, we've talked, I've said this many times. The look on his face and him himself in that movie is just like he's not there it's like dude why are you even doing this it's so weird yeah. and uncomfortable to watch you on screen <laughs> that's not the case yeah. with ralph macchio and zabka they showed a second life even though these are old mm -hmm. characters they inhabit them as 30 years later it's it's incredible it's really well done and i, I yeah, i'm looking forward to watching the rest of the seasons yeah it's really embracing like all of the like the values of the original films the cheesiness uh, yeah, yeah like, talk about self, being self-aware, Mike. It knows exactly what those movies were, who their audience was, and it's just embracing it in a really fun, imaginative way that's not just a soft reboot like we keep seeing over and over again. Um, but it's not totally cheesy, though. I want to say it's, yes, they understand that, too, but mm -hmm. they try to bring some of the heart back from that original first oh, yeah. film that really yeah. was there, like a, yeah. a legitimate message, a spiritual connection between Miyagi and, you know, Daniel's son, mm -hmm. and that... That was a surprise to me that like that was able to be 
properly put into the show, Eric. That's what pressed <laughs> me. I tell you, by the time we get to season five, the big surprise is how fucking like of a stretch they are taking this. Like the most minor characters from like part three are coming back. It's like it's oh they're really God. spreading it spreading it thin, man. But uh, it's still a lot of fun. Uh, I'm sorry, dude. Like Robert Zemeckis, I'm at the end of my rope with this fucking guy. Enough is enough. <laughs> this is the fourth film in a row that. He's let me down so badly. And this used to be appointment viewing at the theater anytime Bob Zemeckis made a picture. Pinocchio. Yeah, Pinocchio on Disney Plus. It's like all the reviews. Thank God I went and I'm like, how, what do other people think about this? It's, oh man, it's getting lambasted. It's, oh God, it's so bad. And I love, I adore the 1940 cartoon. I, I just don't know how this, this happened, how it's so abominable. It feels like, um, somebody on Instagram, I believe it was Math Teacher Movies, a guy I follow that I really like his reviews. He likened it to um, like a middle school trying to put on like a production of it. Like that's what it feels like. <laughs> like like, like this, this the most stale, benign, clunky, stretched out trash uh, that that is way overconfident in itself. Awful, ugly animation. Like Tom Hanks phoning it in. Oh my God! Uh, yeah, abominable. Could not stand it. Horrible. Didn't, Zeme didn't Zemeckis do Finch? No, that wasn't him. Who did? Who did Finch? I don't, I don't know who did Finch. Okay, but, uh, yeah, not 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 right. Zemeckis. But yeah, the, what are the walk. Other three that you're... Welcome the welcome to Marwin, the walk, the witches, and now this. Um, you got to be fucking kidding me right now, dude. Okay. What's going on with yeah. you? Finch was directed um, by Miguel Sapochnik. I don't know. Yeah, fucking clue that Sapochnik. is. Right. Um, hey. <laughs> babe i never saw babe from <laughs> 1995 i turned it on like youtube free movies i'm like hey babe like i heard a lot about this back in the day like I, I'm, not, I'm sorry dude like i was i was fucking irritated the whole time like I, I gave it a chance i'm like okay talking animals like how, how is this good and i turned it on I'm like oh, this is kind of irritating didn't Cromwell win? Didn't Cromwell win an Oscar for that? <laughs> he was uh, up for no. Best Supporting in '95. Lost to Space for Usual Suspect. But yeah. what? What uh, is this? Like I was just like, turn, turn this off. I've never yeah, seen that's it. it, man. Yeah. You know, that's it. I just know. Oh, I do quote it apparently though when I say that'll do, do pig. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. That's one of those '90s quotes. Well, I thought that, that was like, a Cobra quote. That'll do pig. That'll do pig. <laughs> <laughs> New world out here, pig. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, I always thought you were talking about Cobra. <laughs> That's funny. There you go, man. Oh, I always love how Eric just, like, stops talking. He doesn't wrap it up, really. He just pauses, and then he says something like, there you go, man. I love that. Dramatic Don't effect. change. Don't change it. Yeah, that's you got to be you. Don't um, go changing. Just to please there you go. There you go. Oh, just to please me. Shit, I don't know. Look. Oh, I think that's what it is. I'm really confident. I can't think of anything else I watch besides... The goddamn movie that we're about to talk about. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, uh, I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And, uh, boy, I, I just don't recall sitting down to watch a film. It's understandable. Oh, yeah. National it's tough morning. right now. Good morning, the Queen. Yeah. Your monarch so, is passed. Good morning. I'm sorry. <laughs> the Queen is dead. Long live the Queen. I'll, mm. I'll take this opportunity to say that, um, I need to have like a day where I can just watch like five or six movies. I really do. And I would really welcome that day to be honest. It's with called you. Sunday. Uh, 
yeah, you know, that's what sucks now that football's here. Like, I don't get yeah. to do that. I got to, it's like work. I got to do work. So, uh, but it's not like hell work. So it's not like I'm, you know, digging a ditch or something. It's not complaining. I'm just saying that I got to find, there's got to be one day in there where I can just sit out like a Tuesday or something. And, but then I got to go to intern. You know, today I went to my internship. I've been doing that now. I'm actually back in an office. I haven't been in an office in like a, a physical workplace in years. It's weird to go back out there, but that's what I'm doing. So, the movie watching is difficult there. They got really good internet, though. Maybe I could squeeze in a movie there, throw the headphones on. <laughs> Maybe. Not know. getting paid. It's an internship. They don't pay me. Oh, so don't case. get... Oh, yeah, don't give me too hard of a time. It's basically like student teaching. It's the same deal. Hey, <laughs> you're going to pay... This is going to pay off for you. Trust us. Hmm. So, sorry, guys. I, I did spend Watch the night... On your I will t- <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> I did spend the night at uh, our friend... Corey's house last night to watch this movie we're about to talk about because and i made hmm. a concerted effort i think you guys be proud of me because it was tuesday night and i'm like shit we got the show tomorrow and i know i gotta work and then i'm gonna have very little time after work because i gotta get back over here and the tunnel could be busy and so i said Corey, uh because he recommended watching some movie called god i don't even know what it was like a tunnel or no i'm saying tunnel i already said that before yeah, he either recommended some film. I'm like, hey, why, why don't we watch Under the Skin? We can watch that because I got to watch it for the show. So, Corey, I would like to thank you for purchasing the movie from wherever you purchased it. We watched it on your television. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. HBO friend. Max? Get HBO oh. Max, man. Oh, it was free? Yeah, yeah. Well, if you have HBO Max, it, it's on there. But... Well, he certainly uh, could afford it. So, Corey, you're making a huge mistake. If you're on HBO Max, you blew it, dude. Best streamer Anyways. Out there. Yeah, Fantastic. HBO Max is clutch. Yeah, I want to watch Elvis on there. So, anyways, uh, mm. let's do it. It's time sure. to get focused. It's time to lock into a film that Eric Branstrom selected. It's called Under the Skin, directed by Jonathan Glazer, and this is our second film. Yeah, directed by Jonathan Glazer. I'm going to the supermarket. Is it on the way? Yeah. I could drop you off if you'd like. Why do you shop at night then? People want me up. How? Very ignorant. What about your friends? No Spielberg, just Glazer. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, no Spielberg. Blazer only. So yes, this came out. Now, 
Again, one of these like tiny disparities. 2013 and 14. It said 2014 on our TV last time we rented it. And I've seen 2013 on the internet. So obviously think, it maybe was picked yeah, up. Yeah, it was a festival. I mean, like this was a, this was early in A24's existence back before I knew that I cared about them. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that it was probably released in some festivals and then to everybody else in 2014 is my guess. Ah. It seems, seems a safe guess with an with mm-hmm. independent film like this. Okay, so yeah, directed by Jonathan Glazer, scarring, 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 <laughs> Starlet Johansson. <laughs> I'm laughing. It's kind of funny to me. Yeah. Scarlett Johansson, Jeremy McWilliams, and maybe oh, somebody else. Is there any? How many actors are actually in this movie? Like five? Oh no, no, no. Oh my god, <laughs> we definitely turned the subtitles on within 15 oh, yeah. minutes. I did or not. So. Okay, yeah, I did must. not. I don't do subtitles. I would. I mean, yeah. No, I didn't do it. And you understood the film? You feel you understood the film? Do you feel like you understood the film with subtitles on? That's uh-huh. a good point. That's what I thought. Yeah, it's a really well <laughs> it's, uh, it's a poem. You don't have to understand every little word. That's blah, blah, fair. blah. blah direction. Right. Go there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's go back in time. Travis, uh, you see this film before, right? Yeah, I saw it in what must have been 2014 or 2013. You know, I saw it when it was new. I rented it when it was brand new. Um, I watched it uh, I when I lived the first two years I lived in Philadelphia. I lived in North Philly on 17th Street or 100. Well, no, fucking street to live at 17th Street um, and uh, in North Philly. And I, I lived in like I ran like in a, a, a hole in, in like in a wall and it was kind of okay. like a prison. Um, I had a TV that was literally the size of Eric of your like TV slash VHS um you know, compact, you know, combination thing. Yeah, like it was literally that size. The screen was that size. And I would just sit really close to it on my folding chair because that's the chair I had. I was pretty, this was a rough time in my life. And, uh, but I remember watching the movie and just being completely wrapped, you know, just wrapped with attention, just like I'm into this and uh, blown away by it. I did not put two and two together for many years that Jonathan Glazer was the same guy that did Sexy Beast. I just didn't, didn't register. Um, but I was definitely blown away by it. Was surprised that I didn't hear more people talking about it. But it's kind of like it's kind of like Sinecure, New York, you know, where it's like one of the movies. Are like, damn, like I love it, but I don't know if I'm ever going to watch it again because um, it was, you know, it's such a, it's like kind of emotional work in some ways. Um, but I was, I, I've had this one on the old uh, list for some time, so I was glad that Eric chose it. Yeah, man. Oh. Um... There was so much chatter uh, uh, out of the festival circuit on this one. And you're right, man. Er- early A24, like, uh, peaked a lot of heads up. It's like, hey, there's this new studio that, like, makes a bunch of pretentious movies that have their own heads up their asses. And, like, I guess are good, but they're really boring. Um, so, yeah, I was there, <laughs> rented it. And, you know, uh, it's kind of type of movie you watch and, like, it kind of washes over you. But. It's hard to shake, man, and I I haven't been able to shake it in about six years, but I just never got around to taking another look at it. I know I loved it, man. There was so much to appreciate uh, just visually, so I, I'm very excited to, to talk this up. So glad you chose this. Thank you. Uh, I had not seen this before, so it was a whole new viewing experience for me. I will take my opportunity in this section just to say this because I miss this, and I really hate when I do this, but it's worth noting mm. real quick. Quick pause, because we haven't dove into the details yet, so it's okay. Uh, Bernardo says, very nice movies selection that we just shared. This week, my highs were 500 Days of Summer, which I really liked, and The Lake House, which apart from the confusing and physically impossible <laughs> timeline, I thought was really nice, too. 
Uh, I've never seen the lake house. I do I remember like the lake house. It was good. Oh, 500 days of summer is a film that <laughs> that's your face for 500 yeah, yeah. days of summer. Nah, that's my 500 You're... days of summer face. Yeah, those are on the podcast. It's a strong, <laughs> it's beyond a grimace. It's like Travis is very uncomfortable hearing the title. Frankly, this is a movie that I thought was, I thought it was revelation when it came out, but upon further review and some other people enlightened me on 500 Days of Summer, maybe is a really fucked up film in a way when you start to really break it down. So I didn't recognize that the first time I saw it. At the time, I was like, oh, my God, the Smiths. And that was like, yeah, that's not enough. <laughs> it's not enough. Good soundtrack. That's uh, problematic that's not a premise for a protagonist. film. Yeah. <laughs> big, yeah, big time problematic protagonist as time has gone on. Anyways, uh, Under the Skin on IMDb, what is the score? I feel like it's A24, so it's got to get some prestige, right? I think it's high. I'm going to say 8.0. What do you think? 8.0. Ooh, wow. Holy shit. You're putting it in the 8. Okay. I think it's I think it's up there. I wow. think that the people who see... I don't think that a lot of people have seen this, but I think that the people who have, I think they really love it. Now, I know this f- like floundered at the, bo- at the box office. It didn't make mm-hmm. back half of what it was, was spent on it. But I think that the people mm. that see it, if, I think that most of them probably really like it. Wow. I mean, I know it's got a very, very strong following, but I can see people like walking out of the theater like, okay, two-minute long shot of her staring at me. I'm out of here. And then uh, downgrading the, the rating, I'm going to I'm gonna go low. I'm going to say 6.5. Hmm. I'm going to say, Travis, yeah, you're probably right. The people who have seen it applaud it. So I'm going to go just under the 8th. I'll say a 7.8 is what my hmm. choice is. Oh, all right. Let's see it. Wow. 6.3. Six point three. I was way the fuck off. Well, well you know, uh, I've been so way, off all the time. One hundred forty-three thousand. That's a so. Lot. Just to give you the clarity on that part, that's actually that's not bad. It's not massive, oh, no. but it's not like nobody's seen it. That's a, a lot of people have seen it, but I, I clearly, oh. I, I've been like under guessing uh, what the people think of movies a lot lately. I guess I overcompensated this time. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. It's always good to overcompensate sometimes. That's what yes. I've heard, anyway. Always good uh, sometimes. Always good sometimes. <laughs> you got to love those oxymorons. <laughs> so hut. as far as Rotten Tomatoes, hut hut, sir. Hut hut, hut, as hut. Aaron Chudbud would say. Uh, who will be seeing you soon? Look forward to seeing you soon, Chudbud. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Under the skin on Rotten Tomatoes, 84% for the critics. That's an excellent score. Oh, yeah. Rock solid score. That's up yeah. there. Popcorn over over. bucket of popcorn. Uh, yeah, it's tipped eight. over. It's. 55% from the audience. Well, there may be that too many people saw this movie. They're like, oh, Scarlett Johansson. And then they're like, why? Yeah, why is it just a two minute shot of her eyeballs in the uh, <laughs> in the rearview mirror? Why are there still this shot? <laughs> why am I still looking driving at water? That van. <laughs> <laughs> Another shot of a man walking uh, across the street. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I wrote this down last night. I think Corey or I said it. Uh, vacant look, long stairs, driving boners. Yep. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. Uh, slowly eat cake, slowly walk down steps, slowly walk or ride down a mountain long shot. Yeah, there you go. Those are a few things that we uh, uh, said that I wrote down. Shopping time, montage so. directions. <laughs> These are That's all your funny. notes? Uh, I, got, I got more that, notes than that. Oh, you that was just the only notes I wrote. Yeah, it's the only okay. thing I wrote. Uh, I have lots but of I them. remember it well. I do re- 
I hope you do. You always got lots of notes. I love that. Uh, how about uh, Matthew Lacona of the San Diego Reader? Sure. Glacial in pace. Uh, <laughs> s- okay. Skeletal in plot. Mm-hmm. And generally nasty. Jonathan Glazer's Under the Skin is a repetitive nightmare of drear and dread, punctuated by moments of queasy making horror. So he liked yeah. it then. He splatted it, actually. Oh. <laughs> it did sound like he... No, yeah. no, I, I did not think he liked it. I was kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, I don't know if Destin Thompson will be involved in this one. Again, this is a newer film, 2013-14. Yeah, no, he, was, he was retired from the, from, the, from the industry, I believe, by this point. <laughs> I believe. Uh, uh, Not that we're his biographers uh, or anything. That's I a think, fun noise. Keep you know, making that for the rest of the podcast. I think people will love that. People are into <laughs> auditory sounds. They'll love that shit. Uh, Rich, by the way, Ebert died that year, so he might have just missed this one. I don't know oh. if he actually caught it before he died. But I'd love to know what the old man thought. Me too. Uh, his pal, Richard Roper, his secondary pal. Mm. One of the most polarizing movies in recent years. That's all it says. That's stupid. Come on, Roper. Yeah, that's it's, not it's a review. Stupid. Yeah. Oh, Bill Goody Goons. Yes. Right. Arizona Republic. Yes. Bill. Don't let me down, Bill. All right. Bill Goody Goons right of the thing. Arizona Republic said in 2014, the story is at once simple and impenetrable. Visually, it is arresting when it isn't murky. And the droning atonal soundtrack is as perfect for the film as it is annoying. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good, that's why we Damn. like Goody Coons. It's not just the name. One of his better reviews. <laughs> he actually, yeah, oh, yeah, he nailed it. He did. Well done, Goody Coons. Proud of you. Uh, Anne Hornaday, who has ripped a lot of movies, once Under the Skin reaches its surprisingly affecting conclusion, it feels less like a cinematic novel than a well-executed short story. All right. I, I like what Anne said that time. I think that I think that she's right. There is there is a real simplicity to the story and it I mean it is it almost feels like a Stephen King or Philip K. Dick kind of thing. I can see that. I mean, but it is based on a short, on a on a book, so I guess there's a reason why it has like kind of a literary feel to it. But it's loosely oh. based. It's loosely based. It's very loosely based. Oh. Yeah. Loose. Loosely very, based. Loosely very loosely based. Loosely based. Loosely, loosely inspired. As I understand it, I know that uh, one point get, Brad Pitt, uh, <laughs> uh, Brad Pitt was going to play the character, the main character, which would have been a wholly different movie if it was a male perspective. As a, as the creature. yeah, we would have had less boners, or would we have would have been boners on boners? I feel like there would have been more boners, but we'll get into that. So many okay. boners in this movie, uh, at least so more than the many... average, you know, film. Yeah, and I commend it for that. Uh, last one, Stephen Holden of the New York Times, because we got to get New York's opinion. The movie's eerie climactic image challenges our conventional notions of human identity and leaves us reflecting on the possibility that every being in the universe is an alien in disguise. <laughs> Faux deep. Lofty. Faux deep. Well, so that's the first time we really heard alien, and I think in any of the reviews. Uh, how much of the the alien, like sci-fi, uh, outer being, extraterrestrial, plays into this film? Because it's pretty like obvious from the start that I, don't, I couldn't even hear the words that she's saying. Things I think she's saying like food. I heard food in the beginning of that intro again. Oh yeah, uh, like, like contact. By the way, epic intro again. Another like epically slow glacial intro. Oh yeah, yeah, very. 
cinematic, artistic, and it's like, oh, it's an eyeball. Ah. But yeah, it seems like she's learning um, like the English language. I think is what we're hearing at that at that moment. Very phonics. But it's heavy. pretty obvious. Yeah, it's like it's pretty obvious that there's like a being or there's like some type of transport ship. That's there's some type of space thing going on there, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah there's like that's yeah. She's like being constructed. And there's like mm. other entities that are already on the planet, like Motocross Man, the the motorbike man. <laughs> um, he, like he's Motocross already... Man. <laughs> that's what, that's, I mean, I got him as Motorbike Man that came out as Motocross and accident. But I don't know Spike what to bike. call the guy. No. He's the dude on the motorbike through the whole fucking. That's movie. perfect. I yeah. think it's hilarious because it's perfect. I don't know if it's right or wrong. It, it makes <laughs> less sense to me because that's all we really get out of it. Right. So I think like, yeah, he his like they work together, but there's, you know, so there's like a network maybe worldwide of people doing, you know, aliens living among us, luring people into turning them into, I guess, some sort of food or energy source, something they get deflated uh, and all their and all their innards get pushed down a big conveyor belt into the, the sky or something. I thought it was the uh, Ghostbusters two angry ooze under the sewers. That's what I thought it was. <laughs> no, because like the dude, the dude gets deflated, right? And he's all like, yeah. And then it cuts almost immediately from that to like red sludge being going down a conveyor yeah, belt. Yeah, so I thought like, it looked like that under the sewers. That's what it looked like to me. The, sure, the, no, the whole like city's that. filled with that shit underneath it. The river of slime. Uh, yeah, in the book, <laughs> it's a it's a delicacy for the alien species. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. So. Okay. Wow. Uh, I, I, this movie <laughs> was a challenge. I mean, it, it was quite a. This is the slowest. I could really say this. I think this might be the slowest film I've ever seen. And I'll, maybe that's reactionary because I watched it for the first time. But like, you're just sitting there. Me and Corey are sitting there. Like, we started to make looks at each other. Like. What is what's going on here? What, what, what <laughs> I've got to say, I'm I'm already glad you watched it with someone because it kept you from fast forwarding through half of it. Mm. You're right. There was not a single fast forward. Yeah, if you were alone, That's... it would have been a ten minute movie. I I will say that uh, Corey's wife Jess came in at like the end. She was doing homework and she saw the oh. end and she's like, "What are you guys watching?" She saw the yes. ending. It was oh. like brutal for her. She's like, "This is awful." Well, you know, the guy in the woods and. Yeah, salting. I mean, it's awful to watch yeah. the whole thing and see that ending, but yeah. yeah, we'll get to the end. So I don't know, man. Um, at any point, did you check your remote to see if it was <laughs> accidentally paused or skipping or something? Because some of these shots, <laughs> I mean, that's that's one of my issues. Like, I can deal with like a slow pace. Like, you watch two thousand one, a space odyssey, and it is slow as fuck. It takes like an hour for one ship to dock. Uh, so I can deal with a slow pace, uh, but when when a director thinks that just holding on something equals like pontification or something very lofty, that never really equates with me. And there's just too many hold holds on this one. I'm going to have to disagree with you. I actually think that a lot of the, now I felt that the first time I watched it, but watching it last night, I do think that there's a few, especially like when we already referenced it like twice, that that rear view, rear view mirror eye shot is like there's a few shots that are held just too long. Um, but I do think that um, a lot of the shots that seem kind of static or not, they're, they're actually telling the story. All of, all of the shots of people walking across the street and that kind of stuff. I didn't really pick up on it the first time I watched it. But like at first, like she's tracking single men, right? Like she's just she's hunting single men. 
So like that's what we're seeing through through much of it. And then later on, she starts like tracking single women because she's looking at them in a whole different way. Like, what am I? Who am I? What is my identity? So I I feel like there's a, and then like there's these shots of nature, like the mist on the ocean or that beautiful shot of the swaying pine trees toward the end, which I think are just kind of like supposed to be, yeah, a little bit, you know, flourishes, kind of malachy flourishes, but also there's beauty in this world, which is what the creature or what she, what, you know, she's unnamed the woman, what she comes to feel that there's beauty in this world. And I think that's what's being conveyed with those shots. Uh, Okay, so this movie took 10 years to be made. Like, Glazer painstaked over this thing. This is such a huge... This is what you get after 10 years, and I guess you could see the deliberateness of that 10 years, but it, I really felt like he was a dick a lot of this movie. It's like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, I appreciate what you said there. I appreciate what both of you said, but it's like, you're just being a dick, man. I, I mean, there's one thing to be chill and slow, but there's just no need for me to see Scarlett Johansson walk down this hill as some guys at a bus stop like super that's no there's a there's a purpose for that there's a purpose for that because again like what she's been doing through the whole movie is hunting single men by that point in the movie she has saved or tried to save the the one guy with the with the physical condition i don't know what the name for that is i forget and which was fucking real right that's a real that's a real guy that's his real face um yeah yeah so she's already done that so she's she's running for the motorcycle man and so she for the first time the movie walks by a single man and that's what it's about. He calls her back and says something like, this is this is the bus, state, bus stop, assuming that she's trying to find the bus stop. But that's the significance of that shot. We get to see her from a distance. Like, for the first time, she's ready to just walk right by a single man and not hunt him. And for once, he calls her, and she starts following him around, and the whole kind of script flips. Okay. Well, now I see that. That makes a lot of sense. There's a ton of, of quick cuts and, like, edits of, related to, uh, or not edits, really, of people coming and going from the van. Like you said, yes, the shopping scenes and the, her driving with the long stairs. We get one instance of exhibition in this film, and that is the news report about exposition? the radio exposition. Sorry. The exposition of the murder that happens at the beach, which is that, that's like this whole side quest, too. Like, like, what is so specific that we need to know about that beach scene? If we already know she's hunting single men, why does it have to be drawn out that she ignores the family? She wants to make it like they want to make it clear that, oh, she ignores everything else. What she focuses on are these bodies or, de- or men. I, I don't I just feel like ha- Eric, do you want to take this one? I have thoughts. I, I have some. Go ahead. I'll take it back. OK, um, so. Again, she's just hunting people and she comes across this stranger and she sees this stranger put his life at risk to save strangers. And then she sees the stra- the other strangers die try- trying to save one another. And then she you know, hits the guy over the head and kills him, leaves the baby there, which is brutal, especially that, that night shot of, of when the motorcycle man comes back for the, the clothes to like cover up the remnants, but leaves the baby and the baby's like trying to stand. Maybe the most brutal, uh, most brutal part of the whole thing. Yeah, it's yeah. really brutal. Um, but I think it's I think that the importance and I usually am like really against like news stories and movies like as, as exposition. I'm like, oh, God, you know, just tell us. But it's the look on her face like her face spends so much time in this movie being pretty much impassive unless she's trying to snare a man like early in the movie when she's like enjoying her work or OK with what she's doing. She's very smiley and outgoing and gregarious with people. But as she gets more used to what she's doing the the smiles come less easy and she's not as easily complimented and by that point when she's hearing what happened to the baby and all that stuff like she's listening 
she's listening and she doesn't look happy about it. I think that she's starting to feel emotions and she's feeling regret. We've got this alien who <laughs> is very discriminative about who she harvests for their meat, which is odd. Uh, single men without families, um, which is strange. I mean, they're like, I, I would like to hear your thoughts on why why she uh, only chooses single men without families. Well, look at what happens when she's she's praying on that one guy Andy who has his own na name tattooed on himself, and when people start to walk up, she takes off immediately because she doesn't want to be seen by them. It's all about lack of exposure. It's not about like oh, I want to find people that won't be missed necessarily. Although that's part of it too. They're easier sub. They're easier victims. If you know if, if people are not going to miss them as much, that's going to be easier to find. But also, it's, it puts them less exposed if there's not somebody like immediately at home waiting for them and that kind of stuff. So it's just like a logistics thing, I think. We've got three dead bodies at at, at the beach. If, I, I can't believe counting I'm the baby, counting yeah. the baby, and yet she doesn't harvest them. Which confused me a bit. Well, they're drowned. the 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 two adults are like in the water. They're drowned. She's not going. She's not going to go get them. The baby's maybe just not big enough. I don't know, or it's not, <laughs> part, of her, not part of her mission. I don't. I don't know what's up with the you're baby. I love that you're telling trying to tell this tale. We, we get no information on it. So yes. that's this what he wants you to do. Right. That's what right he, no, he, yeah. He, yeah. So you come up with whatever the fuck you want. Your interpretation. <laughs> this is interpretation of the movie. It really is. Oh, sure. Because there's so look the guys that go okay. So apparently this is supposed to be some type of sirens, uh, you know, analogy, right? Because these people come into, it's supposed to be a house, but like immediately they're in a black room. That's not a house at all. You would recognize that immediately. Like, wait, what the fuck? What is this place? Nobody ever says that. These people follow her because she's so hot and attractive, which I get, but they would, you would still, even if someone was super hot, you'd look around and be like, well, this is not a place. This is a dimension. What the fuck's going on? Yeah, Corey said, be... Is this an alternate dimension? <laughs> and then there's got to be something going on, like some, like they're drugged or hypnotized. You know, there's something going on to keep them. Because it doesn't make any sense for them to just like be fine with what's happening. Once right, they they state. strip themselves, follow her, and then they yeah. go into this pool, and then they they don't even notice they're in this pool of shit right. as they go under it. There's no like oh no gasping or nothing. They just walk silent. right under. <laughs> just dudes, with, si silent dudes with boners. Yes, <laughs> into oil like black oil. I I don't think the oil's literally there, and I think the clue we get to this void being just a director's. Uh, decision to show us like this, like the web state that they've ensnared themselves in is the first scene with the van because they take the girl's body into a white van and then we see this this white void and I think that's just a representation of like complete isolation from everything else and, and, and ensnarement. Uh, I a lot of people have a problem with the black goo. I think that's just in all likelihood they're just drugged and then they pass out and then she takes their their meat out of their bodies or whatever i don't think they're literally into stuff at all well then what about the scene where the one dude's underwater and he sees the other dude all desiccated and half shriveled and then he the guy completely deflates that seems pretty yeah. literal to me i it think they, they i think they literally get deflated but i don't like there's there's, there's no exp there, there's no way that, like there's this like sea of like black ooze there i think that's just a representation of something i think that she's taking them to some alternate dimension or, you, or like you know some sort of portal 
to like space or whatever. I think she's taking him to their planet. I think because it shows when she brings the, when she brings the, the 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 physically deformed dude up the stairs. Like it's like this shitty fucking house where anybody in their right mind would already be like, wait a minute, this place is abandoned. What are we doing here, right? Um, and then and then they they, they she, she takes him to that other room. So I think that there's something going on where they're like hypnotized or something. Uh, almost mm-hmm. as soon as they even even when they're in the car in her presence, there might be something about her presence because like. There's dudes that are like, she's like, you want to ride? Like, yeah, sure. I'll hop in there. I'll hop in your car. This van. I'll hop in this van. Not check the back of the van. There could be all kinds of, you know, like black market organ thieves there. Who knows? Um, <laughs> so I, I think I do think that it's like it's not just like I think that there's like some sort of power that she has. That's what I think. Yeah, and it's then her you get unbelievable like- beauty. Yeah, but I think it's more than that. Hmm. Who the hell knows, man? Everyone, that's the thing. You you could argue about this forever, but there's, you don't know. No one knows. It's the thing. It's like it's like when Travis says, like when you die, you don't know. This, this that's this movie. It's like, hey, go to town because nobody really knows for sure. There was even the thing on uh, IMDb that I read in the trivia notes about these uh, Scottish folklore things. That's what it might have been instead of an alien. Did you see that part? Elkies. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, like, they come see out that, of. But- yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, you know what suckies are already. You're yeah. well done, sir. Yeah, you know. They come out of the water. They're right. beings, right? Something like that. They're they're yeah, they're changeling women. Uh they would be seals in the water and then uh human on land. It's kind of similar to the mermaid myth or siren myth. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. That would fit that part of it. And so if you're trying to like maybe that's what this movie is preying upon too, is it wants to prey on your preconceived notions of how you see existence, how you see movies too, but then also reality and the world around you and lets you interpret it. And that's how you get so many different thoughts and opinions. Because I bet if we had 20 people that we polled about this, we might get a lot of different answers. Yeah. You know, going back to what I said earlier about not having subtitles on, like the movie almost works like a silent film. You don't really need to know what's being said for a lot of the movie. It doesn't fucking matter. There was no script. You know, th- what the guys are saying in the car and their, and their thick Scottish accents, I don't care what they're saying because it's they're not saying plot points. You know, this is just like chit-chat, whatever. It doesn't matter. I, I pick up enough of it that it's like, oh, yeah, okay, that's fine. They're alone. Um <laughs> and I think, and I, and I, and I dig your point about this movie being highly interpretive. I think that that's, I mean, that's it's a very visually, you know, which it's a film. All films are visual, but this is like a particularly visually driven film. Mm. Yes, it really is. And you have to look. You know, she's naked in this movie a lot. She's a very famous woman who's known for her beauty in real life. So it's a. I had no idea that this had happened. I wasn't aware of it at all, and I wasn't. Take it out of the movie, be either like, oh my God, Scarlett Johansson's nude. I mean, she's a gorgeous woman. There's no doubt about it. But that didn't happen to me. When I watched the movie, it, it didn't sidetrack me at all, even though that's the point of the movie is for her beauty to take these people and focus them in on it so that she can, ah, you know, be the prey that they want them, that they want from them. So I was, it was just a surprising thought from a film that I, mm-hmm. uh, I noticed. And I actually, give credit to the film and the filmmakers for being able to create this world and this air of strangeness, uncomfortableness, weirdness to, to credit that for not making it like a big deal either. So. <laughs> We've come a long way from like strip tease when that's all anybody was talking about. Like, Oh, Demi Moore is finally shedding her clothes. But oh, that's, that's not no, cut the bullshit. I mean, that still was probably, this was probably a huge deal. There was probably a bunch of people all, Oh my God. You know, no, but for me, no. I, didn't hear much oh, I didn't hear anything. Uh, yeah, and that, I, I never think heard that, about it. 
a huge credit to Jonathan Glazer keeping our attention focused on the character and not even me who is spellbound by how gorgeous this woman is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I am interested when it comes to interpretation, uh, I, that's what most interested me to choose this because once there's a flip in the script, okay, like this first hour in this whole predatory thing is is very involving. Some say the most yeah. involving. Uh, and then when it flips its script and then, you know, um, the predator becomes the prey, a lot of people think that was kind of a mistake to once again see a, a woman in distress instead of in control of her own situation. Um, how do you feel about that? Do you think it's a disservice to this character who is this strong woman? And when's the last time we saw like men scared of like a, a, a woman stalker or, or a, something of that nature you don't see that she's not a woman yeah that's exactly my point that's exactly what What do you mean strong woman she's a strong alien we have no idea what her sex is (laughs) i mean i get that i get that she's an alien but to 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 any viewer this is a woman all done up and makeup and a fur coat um that is completely in charge of herself and her power over men i mean that's you can't overlook that to to get Really, before I answer that, I wanted to address the other point about her beauty and how it doesn't distract us as a viewer because we're not subjects. We're not victims of her. We're, we're seeing the disturbing context that this is all taking place in. So it's you're not going to be titillated or like aroused because you're like, what the fuck is going on? But I, I actually think that um, the movie would not work without that flip. I agree that the movie kind of is less interesting when that flip comes, mm. but um, if it's just watching a, prota- a protagonist that goes through no change, I'm not particularly interested in those kinds of movies. I like some sort of arc, and it's so. I mean, like you see, like you see her do things. Like, she, like I said, she starts watching women. She tries cake. She stops hunting men. <laughs> she, she finds, you know, she she lets someone go. She like has she has mercy for someone. She she sees the fly trap in the in the glass and she and she you know and she has mercy for this person who's basically like to her like a fly would be to us, which I let flies out all the fucking time. But so like and I think that's a really human thing to do is to have like all of these experiences that she's trying to do. When she's like watching that terrible comedy show and like just absolutely befuddled by what is this comedy? <laughs> you know, it, it's it's I, I really like you know, I love stuff like Frankenstein and anything where it's like um, creatures trying to find their own humanity, and that's what that that path becomes for her, which I find very compelling. Yeah, I don't really consider the strong female thing because the one thing that just seems so obvious is that she's it's not a she, it's it's yeah, like we see the body get taken over and the change over that happens early on and you know taking the body out of the water blah 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 it, and yes Travis's point does make that important because you realize that she's you know cold and heartless you know there's no heart there there's there's no woman or heart there this is a being that is just bottom line predator kill 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 until she has that change but when the change happened I was like, finally, Jesus Christ. Okay, so there's a change here or like there's a recognition of something going on here that I'm like, oh, okay. So she's, we don't know what it is, but there's a change happening here because that guy with the, you know, Adam Pearson was his name, who has that real condition. I don't know the name of the condition. He was let go, but then, you know, Moto Man came back uh, to make sure. Well, the woman in the window watched across the street and didn't give which, a fuck. You know uh, that she dies too because he sees her and I bet he goes, I bet he goes back and gets her too. It doesn't show oh, up. I, I, oh, I, I didn't think about that. 
Yeah, my I just thought she was. That yeah. seems to be his thing. Is he goes behind and clean up after her and like hide all the traces so that no one catches on to what they're doing. So, but what happens? So th- this is. She goes to this thing. She she realizes she has a vagina. It, it felt funny, and she stares at it with a lamp. I laughed when she did it. When she stared at her vagina with a lamp like that, I'm like, well, that is so funny for some reason. I don't know why I laughed. It was just hilarious. But now she's being it. It's being set up at least again. This could be my interpretation because that's what movies are, I guess. But sometimes it's obvious that she's being hunted now because she's having this change, and then that's. What ends up happening to her is that she doesn't get hunted by the moto man and these other moto bikers because the guy that was not perceived as a threat to us, supposedly, even though it's very obvious to me that he was a threat because he's a dude in the middle of nowhere in the woods with a lovely woman. He's definitely going to come back and do something perverted or fucked up. I think that's the good, a a good tragic turn in this movie is that she becomes not utterly enamored with humanity, but she certainly seems like she starts to find... Uh, value in human life and that kind of thing and so we watch her being chased by moto man and his moto friends and then it's a, a human himself that that ultimately kills her right like like she tried she wanted to try and find love she she finds like this really great guy who like carries her over a stream and like you know doesn't expect her to sleep with them on the first night like all kinds of stuff like he's just like a truly good guy and um there are people like that in the world and then there's people like the logger who tries to rape her and kill her and that kills her. Um, but she ran yeah. away from the nice guy. Because yeah, so I actually always I actually anticipated the lamp uh, on the vagina thing a little differently. I actually kind of interpreted that to mean and I, and actually now as you say that I'm like oh you're you you could be very right there again interpreted interpretation. Um, you could be very right there. She's like why is it, what is this pleasure or what is this pain? What is this feeling? What's happening down there? But I always kind of took it as like she was checking because like something was starting to go wrong. Like the machine was starting to break down, sort of, because like you know the rip that comes in her back later is a result of what that guy does. But I kind of feel like that the state that she's in was always temporary. I don't know why I feel that mm. way, but it seems like the skin was never meant to last. And so I always kind of thought that maybe she leaves the guy because it, like she's not going to be able to sustain the image that she is human anymore. Yeah, um, man, I don't know, I. I... I hate to push back on this, but I think the entire story, the second time I'm watching it, is literally about womanhood. Literally womanhood. Human womanhood. You've got a person created, living pretty oblivious in their life, acting on their own like Maslovian impulses to, to feed and, and seek shelter. And then you have this uh, maturation and eventually this change into uh, a, a different person. Uh, uh, through through a kind of puberty, and she sees herself differently. She's she's changing emotionally. She's recognizing that her body is something special to be admired, desired, and it's ultimately a tragedy about what people expect from you physically, uh, which made things really sad for me. I felt ter- terrifically bad for her just as this person who discovers something that should be beautiful about herself uh that's manipulated and taken advantage of by misanthropy so yeah that's pretty much all i was going through this whole time yeah but your original point i guess was i can't remember how you phrased it but i I think i see a difference here between what you said and what you're saying now and yes it clear that there's elements of the wonder woman 1984 movie you know that movie got Heart that movie got ripped out of it because like men are the Never worst bothered. ever in that movie. It's terrible. 
Oh yeah, it's not a good movie, but like the fact that she's you know always glorified for her beauty, Wonder Woman, and now you have Scarlett Johansson. That's the connection I make here is that all these guys are going after Scarlett Johansson because she's so attractive and she's pestered nonstop. She is, even if she is a predator. Yes, it's like an endless. Endless parade of guys. Uh, oh, you're so beautiful. Uh, whatever they're saying. But I, I read the subtitles, so I might be able to recall some of <laughs> them. But sure. the bottom line was, uh, cheers, cheers. They say cheers a lot really yeah. fast. I learned that. But they, they want great. her. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> These are real guys, by the way, too. I learned that yeah. after the fact. Not after hidden cameras. Much, yep. Yeah, hidden Wild. cameras. Glazer got their approval afterwards. But it was all natural and real. So there's a lot of this movie, by the way. <laughs> that's a side note. Very real for his... Uh, bizarro as it might seem to you, a very yeah. real movie, but she is that epitome of someone who's pestered constantly for her beauty, even though she will end up killing them. So I see that side of it yeah. and how frustrating it would be to be a woman in reality who's not an alien, who doesn't have her own black pool of goo to you know drown people in and eat them as a delicacy <laughs> later, being very difficult. I feel like she's not eating them. I feel like she's just doing the work. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, Moto Men feast only. I think that like there's someone even higher than them that that feeds, uh. but who knows? Um, yeah, no. I again, like I I don't I don't disagree with anything you just said there, Eric. I mean, I I, I do. She's not a she's not a woman, but is the movie trying to say things about women and about male and female uh, interactions? Absolutely. Um, I again, like that's one of the things I love about science fiction stuff, like uh, Ex Machina stuff that takes non-human characters and makes us think about our own humanity with them. I, I love that kind of shit. Yeah. That's imagine uh, being one of these uh, non-actors and being like, okay, yeah, I'll be in a movie. Where's the release form? Uh, hold on. First, you have to do a full frontal nude scene. <laughs> erect, by the way. You have to be erect, erect for this. Yeah, these scene. are boners. <laughs> well done. You don't see that in film very often when it's not brown really bunny. Don't. I actually you don't. This is, a, this is a... I've seen that movie. Wow. Yeah, yes. uh, good. This is a superstar actress so it's a huge name with a movie with boners in it so kudos on her <laughs> i want to give scarlett Hansen a lot of credit like she talked about her not only her nudity but like this film and how it's perceived and how women are perceived and how we perceive our own bodies we shame ourselves but we look at ourselves through the lens even if we don't see it of how society creates these molds yeah. through advertising and all that stuff so there's there's so much going on with this movie that i want to give her credit for that but i do think it's not fun at all. It, it doesn't have to be fun. No, no. It's thought provoking, but it it's a slog, man. It's a fucking slog. It, it has to be discussed a bit more here for me because I don't want to just say it at the end. It's a slog to watch. There are thoughts that cross my mind like, oh, I get it now. And the discussion we're having, the discussion we're having for me was much more entertaining than the film, frankly. I mean, like I said, it's emotional work. It's it's a it's a laborious film to watch. I mean, like what, there was a, there was more than one reason why I didn't rush back to watch it in the past ten years or so. Yeah. Um. Well, it's 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 more of like a a, a feeling that 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 is there to entertain you, and it, it is for me a great reminder that movies can just be there to evoke emotion and a feeling. You don't always have to have this this plot that you're just glued to. But it didn't do that for me. I, I didn't feel it wasn't laborious emotive expression or challenges for me. Like I didn't look away at the babies and I'm not bothered by that. I'm just not a, oh, I wasn't God. bothered by any of the movie other than the fact that it was just a drag. It, it was wasn't I didn't get any I didn't get stirred up emotionally at all by this movie. I really 
didn't. I looked at Corey a lot. Maybe it's weird. Maybe I'm watching with a friend of mine, and maybe we started to take. Yeah, that's a, kind of what I'm wondering. You know him. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like you guys are like in buddy bro mode. Like, hey, let's watch a movie. Let's ha- we're hanging out. Let's watch. A movie. This is not the fucking movie to hang out and watch with your bro. It's just not. But on yeah. again, like if you watched it alone, you would have fast forwarded it through it. So I don't know if this was like I I have notes. Like I wonder if Mike watched this scene. I wonder if Mike watched this scene. <laughs> because like as I was watching the movie, I'm like Mike's gonna fucking hate this. <laughs> I don't mind slow. I just, I I didn't feel anything really. I I understand some Not of the thoughts. Like I, I guess so. I don't know. I've I've sent a lot of pictures of myself crying from the much lesser films than this make me sob but they manipulate you with the emotions they don't this movie is not trying to manipulate you i don't think at all if anything it's not in a cheesy cheap way it's really trying to make you think deeply and maybe if anything you'll have a full-on breakdown once you discover the enormity of it all it respects its audience i mean it it respects its audience to make to to be patient it respects its audience to to make of the plot what they will what you know to make of the motivations what they will and then with all the displays of like nudity and that kind of stuff it, it respects its audience to not giggle and use the word boner over and over again when talking about it <laughs> as we are but i mean like it, it, bad, it, 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 it's a it's a it's a serious work of adult, of, of of art for adults i mean yeah. when, it it reminds me of uh Starman, the John Carpenter film. Here you have uh, that movie where Alien visits Earth and he learns a lot about humanity uh, as an observer. Uh, And there's big moments of that. There's big emotional uh, epiphanies and discoveries. Uh, They're here, but it's Scarlett Hansen looking at herself in the mirror, having that internal discovery, which just isn't that entertaining for maybe a casual viewer with his buddy. (laughs) <laughs> well, I don't think we have discussed this. We've talked a lot about her, but her performance itself is uh, any commentary on that because it's a lot of silence. She also has to throw out a a British accent. I guess is that what that was? Uh, I yes. thought it was, but it's also an alien who has to do a British accent. So maybe that's what it would sound like. Yeah, I forgive uh, her for that reason. <laughs> but the the internal dialogue, the silence, and the emotive responses. And by the way, just some of the shots, like when she's on that beach in that outfit with that hair, she just looks so regal in a way it's like it's just so it's lovely to see it really is even i admit that freely in that moment but her i said jokingly long stares driving the movie you know i said all that stuff but she's really doing a lot with herself and i want to give her a ton of credit for her performance it's an a plus performance i really think so fantastic especially uh in the scene with adam pearson uh, she, she's doing a lot there to, t- to tell the story just in that one simple conversation. I think that um, I've seen a lot of Scarlett Johansson movies, Johansson <laughs> movies. And uh, <laughs> and you know what? I think this might be her best performance. I it, it, she, like It's such a subdued performance. Like it makes it harder. Like she's literally stoic and like unblinking through so much of the film, but you can still see... Like this process going on, you know, like yeah. and, and again, like maybe maybe it's a little bit, you know, on like we're, we're projecting onto her because she's so placid. But like again, I, and I already kind of referenced this, like the, the way that like as the movie goes on, she became she seemingly is less and less um, okay with what she's doing. But it's not obvious; it's all so subtle. Um, I, I think it's really expertly acted. So you're saying 2009's yeah. he's just not that into you? That's not her finest hour? 
Not for me. No. Perfect score. Okay, nothing hey. there. Horse Tomato whisper. Tomorrow. Nothing. <laughs> Was she a man? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, like, that's right. What about the? Uh, this was mentioned in one of the reviews. The score, the atonal score, if you will, and that constant. Every time that sound comes up, it it is. You actually rely on the music and the sounds more in this movie than others because you need as many cues as they're willing to give you, which are so few. Classic A24 score. Like, is this music? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it evokes a mood. It really does. That's um, funny. Wow. Yeah, it's like alien frequency just tuning in that you're tuning into from time to time. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the the eyes. Like that that scene when they're watching that stupid fucking TV show. She does so much with just her eyes, the way she's trying to yeah. process what the fuck she's looking at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I also really like just the um, to get back to Glazer's direction. I think that there's so much beauty in this film. Um, there's so many great pictures, like great shots of nature, especially. I think that this just looks gorgeous. I think that she shot gorgeously. Um, I think that the 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 black room sequences that Stranger Things clearly borrowed from. Um, I think that uh, I think that all this stuff just looks so specific. You know, I, I can see elements of Sexy Beast in there now. You know, um, mm-hmm. having watched that somewhat recently, uh, even in that opening that opening bit, and I also really loved like one of the last shots of the movie is straight up casper david friedrichs uh the wanderer above the sea of clouds like or the sea of fog like like this direct reference where the motor man is like standing on this cliff and like, just like looking out over like all this fog and mist and like oh i i, I get that hey i get that reference which was fun <laughs> but it's just, there's probably a bunch of shots in there that are uh homages to other paintings or something like that because you don't just do one of those in a movie but i i the way it looks is just um pristine Gorgeous. Daniel Landon was a cinematographer. Oh, I had no idea who that was. He did great. Apparently, yeah, apparently he was on the crew of Sexy Beast. He was not the TP uh, wow. at all. He was some camera guy. Or so. He was just like a part-timer on that crew, and now he got to do this movie for Jonathan Glazer later. So. How long did it take to light that Black Forest cake? <laughs> I don't know. What? what are we talking about? Black Forest cake? <laughs> Yeah, the cake, so cake the ten minute long cake shot. Like you imagine a big crew like lining oh. up their shot, getting that perfect cake <laughs> shot. Moving are you worried that, as you watch it? Are you worried that that one crumb's gonna fall off the fork before it makes it to her mouth? Because I was. Cut. No, but I but Take I am again. seriously considering pausing it and going to like uh the store to buy some cake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like one of the maybe it's supposed to be I guess maybe we chuckle a little bit. Her response to that. Is, ah! It was a little funny. I had a minor chuckle, but yeah, I was glad that she didn't like start throwing up black vomit or something like that. Like what you do, <laughs> what we do in the show. Um, but yeah, I I, 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 dug, I dug like the 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 prolonged look at the cake. It looks you know because the cake I think is very representative. It's not just that she can't eat human food; she can't really be human. She can't really partake in human life as tantalizing as it looks to her from the outside. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she's she's. I mean, that's a conscious decision to try what every human being thinks is like the most delicious thing in the world to see if she would have any interest in it. Except for those freakish pie people. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Except laughs> I'm a cake man. Who am I kidding? Well. well. <laughs> well. 
Okay. Any, uh, <laughs> <laughs> any last points we wanted to make? Yeah, any other notes there? Uh, we didn't really talk about the ending very much. And, we um, didn't. How it, um, you know, the, the logger guy, like as soon as he talks to her and he's like overly chatty, kind of like how she would chat up her victims, yep. you yep. know that something's not right about this guy. And she's alone in the in the forest with him. It's also and, two thousand acres. Yeah, of two people. Yeah, seems yeah. weird. Uh, and then when he's molesting her and she wakes up and runs away from you, like, oh fuck, this this is not going to go well. But what I really really like about that whole ending sequence is just as her victims die soundlessly, she dies soundlessly. There's no screaming. There's no fuck you alien or weirdo. Like there's no there's nothing. It's just like she's like standing there she's holding her own face in her hands blinking at her this identity she's tried to craft with it's been severed this this act which again kind of gets to your point eric about this and also being about womanhood um like you know she's having to like confront uh herself in in that because of what has been done to her and then the dude just throws gas on her and lights a match unceremoniously so bogus dude it's the alien being revealed themselves to me even if i did try to assault them <laughs> it's such a huge moment i wouldn't burn it up if i'd run away and call somebody this is a huge moment so many people would though so many people would just see something they don't understand yeah. and just step on it stomp if they could, on right? it yep there just you go stomp yep. it out this freak you know you're not you're not you're not you're not right you're not supposed to be here and also she's like his victim so like it's it's doubly compounded for him because he was probably going to kill her anyway yeah but once you find out you're someone you're assaulting is an alien i just feel like it changes the game i know it's a strange situation that will <laughs> literally never happen to anyone else but it was i really yelled it out in the moment like oh come on this is a unique moment in history you fuck yeah, well, that, and that's part of the tragedy of it, right? Is that like he's not like the other guy that cherished her, who he didn't know he was an that she was an alien, but still, because there, there's like these two aspects to humanity: there's good folk, and then there's yeah. rapist scumbags who just destroy on sight. Yeah, no questions um, asked. But the way it's God. shot, and like you know, the the snow and the smoke and oh. the ashes all coming down, it's so fucking gorgeous. And aliens burn too. I, I didn't know if gasoline would work. Apparently, gasoline in a match works on aliens. That makes sense. I mean, <laughs> at least it wasn't like um, glasses of water or you know the flu. <laughs> <laughs> What's I've got? <laughs> yeah, um, incredible! Like incredible special effects for such a small, small yeah. film. It looks fucking incredible. When the, I mean that whole, oh God, it, it. I think when I first watched this, I was like, "Whoa, the alien looks cool," and this is, this is fucked up, but. Again, going back to kind of this um, trajectory that I view this in, the lens that I look at it in, is she, she stops running and she stops fighting when she realizes that she's been revealed. And that that says so much about uh, the, the type of violation that she experiences. Because I imagine when someone goes through that, they literally just do not feel like a human being anymore. Uh, and the symbolism is there uh, if you if you look at it like that. It's very right. tragic. Yeah. The movie's definitely a tragedy all around. The tragedy of the swimmers and the loss of life there, the tragedy of these lonely men, which most of them don't even like. Well, some of them are clearly kind of scummy, but some of them like especially the dude um, with you know, with the with the physical disorder, like he's so. He's never touched a woman. He's never had a girlfriend. Never been touched by a woman. It's so tragic, um, just all around. I mean, but I agree, Mike. At no point did I 
start crying watching this movie, but I am emotionally affected by it. I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up because there, yeah, there are two types of men in the film. There's the horny guys, which, you know, call them like the enemy or the predator, or just call them horny guys. Uh, but they also make it a point to show genuine threats when that barrage of people just start trying to fuck up her van and she's staring yeah. at them like, am I in danger or am, yeah. what am I supposed to do here? Very calmly, very calmly. Yeah. The, you know, there's also, there's something, this movie also kind of made me think a little bit of, um, of Children of Men and it's kind of matter of fact approach to action. Like yeah. th things just happen and it's not like a bunch of fanfare and like a, a different slow motion angle of it. It's the like, drowning. like, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. All that stuff just happens. We're just watching mm -hmm. it take place. And it's not uh, for as, as dramatic and cinematic as so much of the movie is a lot of the more um, uh, those kind of moments, those kind of action sequences are, are really flat in a way that makes them more realistic and work. Yeah. And I think that speaks to the message of an observation on the human condition, because there is an indifference to nature, the world uh, that, yeah, yeah, it's there for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think it's an accident that she ends up dying in nature out in like in the wilderness. Hmm. No, nothing's an accident in this movie at all. No, no. Took 10 years to write the script, basically. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> OK, well, you know, I chose the film. So if we are winding down. Um, yeah, if, if, if for a plot like this, one would expect to desire more from it, well, uh, as, as opposed to kind of this simplistic approach to the tale. Um, but for me, it just gives, it whets my appetite to get my own gears going mentally. And I'd love when movies do that. Um, just the visuals alone here, man, it's just so beautiful to just, I could just have this on like I'd be looking at a fucking aquarium. It's it's so beautiful. Um, I, I love the subdued, nuanced performance by ScarJo. Um, I like the fact that they bring in an actual actor with this condition and don't stick prosthetics on a guy like they fucking would nowadays with this Tom Hanks as, as Colonel Parker bullshit. Um, <laughs> it, we are for two odd children. Sorry. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a movie that offers a lot of interpretation to ju just the fact that we have our own perspectives on this makes the film hold up in my opinion, because it has something to offer, uh, uh, intrinsically for me in terms of a philosophy on life, the human experience and blah, blah, blah. I love the film. I think it holds up completely. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll go next. This movie was just such a slog, man. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you guys made all the great points, all these higher art, a uh, little bit more critical thinking, measured discussion points that are related to this film. They're all really well done. And it's super interpretive what this movie could be, which, you know, it does open up to an enjoyable discussion. But this is about the movie. It's not about the discussion, I don't think so. So watching the film as a first-timer, again, and this seems to happen to me more often than it happens to you two, uh, you just, you already said, Travis, like, I can't think of a reason why I'd rush to want to watch this again, even though it's a great film, basically is what you said, or it's a, a well-done film, anyways. And 
I just think if you're trying to make some of the points you're making this, this maybe this would be a better, like, I don't know, like a 30-minute short or something. Uh, mm. You're making a feature film, and you're putting all this into it. For the world that it is present in, people just aren't going to fucking get it, dude. I'm sorry. And I, I don't like to say that and admit it. It makes me sad. And I, I really empathize with you, Mr. Glazer, if you ever see this, which you never will because you don't care about us. But, like, no. you don't give a fuck. I don't know what you're like at all in real life. You might be dead for all I know. Is he alive? I hope he's alive. Uh, I think so. I, I hope so. At any rate. Yeah, I know. Well, if he talks to you, let me know. But <laughs> he's he's taking a risk, of course. And the people who backed it, they knew the risk with this, too. And Scarlett Johansson is incredible in this movie. It's a great performance. It's just not enjoyable to watch for me at all. I I kind of want to give it an incomplete to maybe give it a second watch. But since we have to give our rulings today, as a first-time viewer, I am sorry to say, even though it creates hours of beer drinking and you know you could sit around a coffee table and talk about this for hours at a dinner party that would be great i'd be actually very much interested in doing that if anybody uh, comes up with that idea but for now as a film to watch i think it doesn't hold up because it was just too much of a slog and a drag and like frustrating to watch as a movie goer especially if you sit down and watch it with somebody else i know Corey, 30 years but like yeah, we maybe we wanted to have more fun. Maybe maybe the way we watch this. I admit there are some variables here that change the viewing experience, but as it stands today, it for me it doesn't hold up. Did Corey like it? He basically felt like I felt. We we had some thoughts, but maybe yeah, you should like, have watched Bench Warmers. <laughs> I should have or uh, Strange Wilderness. You know, Crippendorf's you know, tribe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. It's fascinating to me that you would say that a, a movie could easily engender hours of discussion and yet not find a lot of value in it. I find that interesting. I've already really showed my hand. I called this movie a work of art. I said I thought it'd be eight on the IMDb. I said it was probably Scarlett Johansson's best performance. Yeah, this movie for me absolutely holds up. Now, the first time I watched the movie, I, I felt a bit more like you did, Mike, admittedly. I was like confused it made more sense the second time i watched it when i written when i knew what was going on um my second viewing was significantly better than my first viewing uh 10 years ago but my first viewing i mean i did still think okay this is this is a smart movie this is a good movie um it's not something i want to revisit quickly but it is visually compelling and there is something going on here about life and humanity. I'm not sure I understand it, but I'm interested in finding out more. So I did the same thing as Eric, where I watched it, thought, like, that's interesting, really fucking slow. But I thought about it. It would pop into my head for 10 fucking years. It would just occasionally just images, especially her running and like her, you know, the, the, those last moments would just kind of pop into my brain here and there. And revisiting it, it was a really rewarding experience for me. I found it to be much better than I remembered. Which again, I thought it was pretty good, but I, I, I had a lot more patience for it this time. And and again, I wasn't sitting down with my buddy like, uh, oh shit, we got to watch this. It was more like, oh, here's my plan for Tuesday night. I got my pen and paper and all that. Um, so I was very much in the right mood, you know, to 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 take it in. And I think that like a lot of highly interpretive art, you're gonna have to have a really open mind and be in the right mindset to take it in because I think that it's not. I, I think that given the conditions that you watch it in, you might not have the 
proper patience for it. And that's what I mean by it being laborious. Not that it's like emotional work, but that it is in fact a slog and that it, it you have to be patient with it. And um, that's not easy with some movies, right? I mean, that's not always easy as a, as a viewer, but to me, this is, um, I can see why this is, a lot of people rank this as among A24's best films. It's ranked by a lot of people as one of the best like sci-fi slash horror films of the past 20 years. Uh, I, I, I think it's great. And I was really glad to rewatch it. And it won't be 10 years before I watch it again. I will say that, uh, you know, it was a very chill environment. It was just me and Corey relaxed. I was very calm. We weren't ready yeah. to like watch a road movie or a buddy movie. We just, we were, ready. we're like, I'm like, I got to watch this for the show. I'm ready to rock. You want to do this? So we were ready to go, whatever it was going to be. We the hangover too. party hats on. <laughs> We didn't have any Marco's pizzas. We weren't ready to cry like it was Crash. I will say that. So. When you're hungry, you're hungry. So there it is. Does it hold up? Uh, it's two to one. It holds up. Uh, no, nothing personal, Eric. Um, not you know, I'm gonna. I'll probably. I'll. I'm gonna watch it again at some point. I don't know when that'll be, and then I'll. Maybe I'll feel more like Travis. You know, I'll have yeah. that understand. I have. I understand what you guys are saying. I just. We'll still be doing the podcast when you watch it. So uh, report back to us then in 10 years or whatever. <laughs> sometimes I just wanted to make sure that I stay true to the viewing experience because sometimes we get caught up and I love our conversations. Like, I love doing the show with you guys. It's Likewise. so much fun and it's informative and it makes me think about things that I didn't think about and vice versa. But uh, I get away from my actual viewing experience and I kind of want to, I'm trying to make sure that I at least want to make sure that that's part of it because it is, you know, sure. it is. So anyways, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you took something from it. The under the skin. The under the skin. No, the uh, under, under the skin. <laughs> the under the skin. <laughs> Shiny. Yeah, Shiny. it's uh, <laughs> under the skin. I'd like to see a funny trailer made out of this movie. That would probably be very easy to do, but it would <laughs> the be under hilarious. Under the skin, the comedy. Yes, I would that. love to see that, that trailer. That rejig guys... cut. <laughs> yeah, I wish one of us could do that. We put it on our Patreon. People would love it. Anyways, we don't have a Patreon, so if you want to join up, it's only $1. The Bill Goodykunz level gets you in the door. Bill Goodykunz, he's one of our favorite critics. Uh, really impressed us today with his reviews. So. Yeah. Thanks. Quite. Well done, Bill. And especially for such a deep film. You showed us something new, Bill. And we'll, uh, we give you credit when you deserve it. So, Anyways... Next week, we'll be back on the air, of course. Uh, we're not really on the air, I guess. We're, we'll be here. We're live right um, now. I mean, that's, that's true. Uh, air. Whatever air this is, we're consuming it. We're on the screen. We're, hold, we're holding space together. Mm. And we'll do a film next week. And then, of course, the listener's choice will be the week after that. When's the cutoff? What are we cutting that off? Uh, we would need it by the afternoon or the morning of the 28th for mm -hmm. us to have it all ready for the show that, that evening. So uh, if you want to send us a suggestion... You've got about a week if you're listening to this in real time. Otherwise, you mean the you mean the twenty first? You mean the twenty first? Uh, yes, yes. Get it to get oh, it okay. to the twenty first. You're right. I'm sorry. Get it by Wednesday, which I believe is the twenty first. Is that right? It is. Unless yeah, the twenty eight. Okay. Um. Yeah. So by the twenty eighth, be the week of. We're doing that movie. Like, God damn, that's gonna be tight. <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So by the twenty first, you have one week if you're listening to this, listening to this now or watching now. Seven days. <laughs> days. I know that one. That's the ring. I've seen that. Yeah. Yay! Yeah. All right. Uh, so it's my turn, right? It's your turn. It's your turn. Yeah. Are you going to pick something from your list now? Yeah. Well, no. I got it ready to go. I, <laughs> okay. I, I kind of tipped my hand earlier, you so did. it's timely. It's bench present. Woman? I'm taking. I'm doing what Eric would do. You know, bench he wants. Woman? Sometimes he wants to bench one. No. <laughs> 
Eric, I think at least one time Eric was trying to like capture the zeitgeist of the moment by picking a movie. What was that movie? Do you remember doing that? Cryptidor's Tribe? No, we never did Cryptidor's Tribe. We <laughs> talk about it every other episode. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, Bernardo says, know, nice Mike. episode. See you guys next week. Bernardo, glad you're always here with us, man. That's cool. I will tell you that it was mentioned in the video before we did this. Yes, we're going to 2006. Mm. We're going to do The Queen, directed by Stephen oh. Frears. Yes, so I gave you a little teaser earlier, but we are actually doing The Queen. So it's, you know, she passed. Now we wow. can see Helen Mirren as the Queen, who's still alive. Helen Mirren exists today. I guess so. I'll watch it and find out if I've seen it before. The Queen. Exactly. I'm pretty sure. I'd be surprised if you haven't seen it, Travis. Uh, I don't I know. I actually Eric's don't think it. I have. I never. I'm not like Stephen Eric. Stephen Frears. Yeah, I'm just not into the Royals, man. I don't give a fuck. I just don't care. I don't watch that shit. That's what makes it so like darn Spencer. interesting. I like Spencer because I like I like I like Princess Diana because she's not like the rest of the Royals, you know. Exactly. <laughs> no, like, yeah, like I <laughs> this is, is this not like okay, the story well, of how story. she handled the the death of Diana? Is this like that? Like, isn't that what this is about? About right, exactly following what that? it's about. I okay, mean, yeah, I'm more alert, interested than in just like her life it, story. It, it, I don't give a it fuck happened, about No, this story. is not exactly. So it might not be what you think it is. Who knows? James Cromwell's in it from Babe, so that's always cool to see him. <laughs> of Babe fame. Of Babe fame. Maybe more uh, LA confidential fame, I would like to say. Six feet under. Or of his, or, or of his recent that. tirade at Starbucks for uh, the vegetarian coffee being way too expensive. You seen the video? No, but I want to. <laughs> I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think check it out. It's ridiculous. Probably going to Google that right after this. Yeah. Jumps That's on the counter funny. and starts screaming. What? A Jumps six foot seven old man? Yeah. Yep. Are yep. you shitting he's me? Pissed. Wow. I'm dead serious. Check it out. Agile. He's got to be like 75. Yeah, he's got to be up there. <laughs> Maybe he's starting he's to have some, you know, some issues. I don't know. Yeah. yeah well, anyways, that's what we'll do next week. Stephen Frears directed film starring Helen Mirren and Michael Sheen, and James Cromwell, yada, yada, yada. A bunch of people that you've seen in all. Every time they do a movie that was like, based around British people at all, like uh, V for Vendetta, you're going to see a couple guys from that movie. They'll be in there. Oh, Stephen Ray? Not Stephen Ray. I know. Ah! No Stephen Ray. I'm talking like uh, bit actor character guys. Like, oh, that guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, the guy who plays uh, like the basically the the Hannity of that movie, he's in this movie. So, But he's not Hannity at all. He's very oh, chill. So. Yeah. Um, that guy. What is that dude's name? He's a very famous comedian in Britain. I can't think of his name. Stephen oh, something. No. No, that's isn't that Fry? You're thinking yeah, of Fry? Yeah, Fry. No, and then no the Ryan. other guy. Yeah, no, it's not Fry. It's the other guy. The guy. Oh, not the, the other guy. The guy who yeah, plays yeah. the Hannity psycho guy. On, yeah, yeah, kill yeah. them all, everybody die, and V for Vendetta. So. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I'm mixing up two. Pick V for Vendetta now, dude. Yeah, yeah that would have been a great call. <laughs> right. I mean, that would have been an easy call for me, but like, you know, yeah, just all right. so. So the Queen, or maybe queen. not. Maybe not. I don't know. I watch it a lot, though. I do enjoy it, even if it has its issues. I think uh, it brings some interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Nice. Wow. All right. Well, there it is. Natalie Portman's accent versus Scarlett Johansson's accent. Which one do you think is worse or better? You let us know. Send them an iPod at gmail.com. Five-star review, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, guys. Help us out, please. We'll do something for you if we can. If we can do it, we will. Mike will. Yeah, I will. If I can yeah, do it. I'm not saying anything. Just me. Until next time, folks. Thanks for joining us. He's Travis Roy, Eric Branch, and Michael Gobier. It's been a pleasure talking movies with you. We'll see you. Uh, turn right. Nothing. Nothing. Cheers. <laughs>